Welcome to Commons and Chronicles, the podcast where we talk about all the best creative commons and reusable open game license content. If you need resources for your creative writing, game design, or you just love lore, Commons and Chronicles is for you. You're listening to Commons and Chronicles. My name is Klaatu, and in this episode I want to continue my look at the Edgar Rice Burroughs series about Mars, the Barsoom novels, or you may have called you may have heard them called the John Carter novels. In this episode I want to talk about the White Martians. White Martians, their their skin is not completely white. It is it is the the, the one similarity that it bears to Earthling terminology is that it's actually it, it means that the skin is whitish, pinkish. At a glance, they appear to be blue-eyed, blonde-haired humans. Uh, upon closer inspection, it, it, they, you, you might find that the White Martians are actually bald. Um, their bodies are entirely hairless. We are not a hundred percent sure why that is, but they are a little bit—they're a little bit unique in some ways. I mean, in other ways too. So they're hairless, but they—they always wear the wig. Of all the races, they're the only ones who bother wearing clothes. So we're, we're not really sure whether that's a cultural thing or whether somehow they became hairless and and felt maybe weak because of it and had to put on some clothes. I'm not I'm not sure, but part of their robes and I think possibly their wigs is that they are part of a kind of a religious a cultural cultural religious cult known as the Holy Therns. There are other white Martian uh, groups with different names. So you've got the Therns, you've got the Lotharians, you've got the Orivar. So you, you've got a couple of different white Martian sub-ancestries, I guess. And the Holy Therns is an interesting kind of accidental branch of the black Martian religion that worships Issus. And I say it's sort of accidental because, once again, it's just, it's centered around this valley, a door. V-A-L-L-E-Y, valley, and then door, D-O-R. Not D apostrophe or, like, of gold, it's just, just door, D-O-R. And the valley door, as I mentioned in the previous episode, is kind of the cradle of life. I guess, for a real-world analogy, you might think of it as, for instance, Jerusalem. It is this extremely holy and highly contested place. It is holy to warring factions of the of Barsoom. You've got the black Martians who actually live there and maintain the place, and then you've got the white Martians who believe that it is a holy place, and that if you go down the river Is towards the valley door, you will find the goddess Issus, and you will find eternal life, and you'll find a paradise. Turns out that there's a bunch of wild beasts like white apes plant men all kinds of things that'll kill you the fake the false goddess isis herself who will enslave you and, and then eventually kill you the holy therns are revered and important members of 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 white martian society and they believe themselves to be important to the black martian society as well which is interesting but because it is also known that the black martian pirates do raid white martian outposts and and airships and that the white martians are basically defenseless against them but even even with that 
It is the great Matai Shang, the last Hecador, which is the, um, it's like a Jeddak of the Holy Therns. It is Matai Shang that considers himself, uh, and, and most people consider him, to be the a, a god, a literal god uh, of Mars, the prince of eternal life, and kind of the, not the mate of Issus, but the, the right-hand man of, of Issus. So he's, he's very, very important among white Martian society. Although we don't really ever get the, the idea that, that the black Martians actually respect Matai Shang all that much. There's a little bit of, of mutual respect going on within some of the, some of the, the foot soldiers, I can tell. Like Thurid seems to have some respect for Matai Shang. But that's after Matai Shang has kind of, and Issus have, have both kind of had their downfall. So I'm not 100% sure how much Thurid actually cared about Matai Shang's supposed station in life versus what he could do for for uh, Thurid's own own goals. So Matai Shang is important because he's the he is the leader of the Holy Therns. He is the father of the Holy Therns, is what they call him. So he is considered to be sort of the well, a, a literal god and and sort of the the highest among white Martians. He's very very important. He has a daughter named Fedor or Fidor, P H A I D O R, and Fedor has to be one of my very favorite characters in the whole series. I'm I'm theoretically a fan of Thuvia who we'll hear about some other time in, in more detail, I'm sure. But in practice, Fedor is kind of the stellar character of the entire series. If you read just the first three books of the Barsoom novels, which is the, um, I guess, the Princess of Mars, Gods of Mars, and Warlords of Mars in that order, then just look out for Fedor. She is the one character in the book that truly, truly undergoes real change and and has an actual story arc she is the daughter of a god right so she's she's princess fedor she's she's hugely important to herself and probably in some way to the other white martians when her father is um is shown to be not actually a god by john carter fedor has to kind of deal with that she has to become a normal person. She also happens to fall in love with John Carter, which is inconvenient for everyone, herself and John Carter and John Carter's mate Deja Thoris. So it's it's complicated and it doesn't get any easier. And throughout the entire couple of books, the gods and the warlords books, this is a thing that people have to deal with in in lots of different ways. And, and she goes back and forth in how she feels and whether she's actually come to terms with everything. It's, it's a really, really great story. It is arguably sort of the actual story, right? If you're into character drama and that's why you're reading these books, first of all, you're probably reading them for the wrong reason because that's not what the Barsoom novels are. But if you're looking for it, that's where it's buried. It's, it's Fedor's story. She's got all the character development, all the change. It's a very, very rewarding and and emotional and and really pure story. So so check out Fedor.
Fedor ends up being captured along with Dejah Thoris and Thuvia and has to be rescued by John Carter because ultimately in most of these books everyone has to be rescued by John Carter especially if you're a woman you have to be rescued by John Carter or John Carter's son Carthoris so it's gonna happen it's just a matter of when and why but it's a gripping tale of 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 rescue because while she requires rescuing she's also at someone else's throat because she wants to to do away with competition. It's a great story. I'm probably I've probably said that enough now. But um Fedor is is a pretty capable woman and she ends up killing Thurid, who is a, the black Martian uh Dator who teamed up with her father. She kills him because he's finally gone too far in his ambition and Fedor has has by that time switched over fully to the John Carter side of things. So of the White Martians, Matai Shang and his daughter Fedor are probably the most notable. They are both considered holy therns, so they're very important in their society before it all crumbles, and then Fedor ends up becoming pretty much the hero of certainly the White Martians and arguably of the trilogy. I think that's everything I've got on the White Martians, so hopefully that gives you a a good enough picture of what they're all about. That is kind of what at least the therns are about, Arguably, there are other bits of society within White Martian, uh, the, the White Martian race that, that is probably important, but I think this is certainly the most interesting one. I think their uneasy alliance and, and dependence upon the Black Martians is, is just fascinating. You just don't get that kind of awkward alliance all in the name of religion very often. It's, it's an interesting angle to play and um, something that... that I think could be worth exploiting in, in a story or a game. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next time. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Klaatu. You can reach me via email at klaatu at member.fsf.org. You can also usually catch me in IRC as not klaatu. I'm on the Freenode network. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.